Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. successful why is tony khan running his promotion better than vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard are running monday night and friday night long term booking What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for July 4th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you live tonight from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Of course, I fuck things up. The music got cut off. The music got cut off because I'm operating on my old roadcaster, and I forgot to sound in the music in the open. We'll get it right, man. Things are a uh, work in progress. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Shout out. Shout out to everybody involved here. 
I love it. 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 Shout out to Deviate Designs, Nick, Gabe, and everybody on the Deviate team. They absolutely nailed every single aspect of what I asked for in a brand new concept, a brand new intro, a brand new theme that fits me and who I am and what I do. Everything that I asked them and wanted in this particular scene, the whole the whole beer garden scene, they nailed it. From the Mustang to the taco truck to the Lalista regs to my vision of what I would love to be in This is exactly the type of place that I love going to. This is the type of place that I would find myself in on a regular basis. And this is the OTS Beer Garden, man. So I appreciate everybody involved. I appreciate Nick and the entire team. They absolutely nailed it. And if you guys need any any work, I mean, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, man. It's It's not something that is just going to happen. It's... It's incredible, the work that they put into it. So you're gonna, you're obviously going to get what you pay for. But what they, what they did here for me, man, it blew me away. And a thousand thank yous, a thousand thank yous to the team over at DV8 Design. Another shout out goes out to my boy Dustin. I know he's in the chat. I seen him while I was uh, in the car driving to the OTS uh, Beer Garden. Dustin, who was the mastermind behind the long-term booking intro that you guys are uh, accustomed to seeing every single stream. He did it on his own. I, I did not ask him for uh, for anything. He is just a fan of the show, and he shows his appreciation for what I do here through his work. Uh, I'm going to uh, shout him out on Twitter after the show is over so you guys can hit him up if you're a content creator and you need any any work done, logos or intros or anything. He was the one that uh, did the long-term booking intro, came up with a brand-new, shorter, concise, to-the-point intro, a uh, little bit more wrestling-centric there with the table on fire and the steel chairs and the OTS logo, and then obviously the long-term booking is still the theme of the intro. So I want to shout-out Dustin as well. Uh, you guys, I will, uh, like I said, post his information on Twitter after the show is over. So you can go hit him up and get some work done if you are indeed a content creator. There he is in the chat. Relic in the chat. That's Dustin. So uh, make sure you guys go hit him up if you need any work done. But a thousand thank yous, man. I love it. And I hope you guys enjoy it and we'll be inside the beer garden for the rest of the summer. And, And quite honestly, man, even when I'm sitting here in my fucking socks and a goddamn turtleneck or a hoodie in the dead of the winter... I'm going to still be in the beer garden because it looks fucking gorgeous. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And what do you guys drink, man? Look at that drink menu. Look at that drink menu, man. You want your Becky's Precious Pilsner or you want Tony's Thunder and Lightning, man. Or if you guys want to go step outside, you could go and get some Thunder Rosa tacos. I'm not sure if you guys seen that on the outside. So make sure you guys go and check that out if you are indeed hungry. Thunder Rosa's got the taco truck on the outside. Anyway. We are here to talk pro wrestling, and we are here to talk Monday Night Raw. 
Uh, Monday Night Raw, man, I didn't really expect much from this show. I don't expect much from this show at all on a weekly basis. It is just downright awful every single week. But typically, WWE seems to get worse with the holiday episodes. So we got a very generic, very boring, very rematch-heavy Monday Night Raw tonight that really didn't do much to keep anybody interested. And if you missed, if you guys were out shooting off fireworks or if you guys were out drinking some cold beverages, which I wish I was doing on this Monday night instead of being here watching Monday Night Raw, you did not miss anything, man. You did not miss a single fucking thing on Monday Night Raw. The biggest thing that happened tonight, I would say, is Austin Theory came out as the new Mr. Money in the Bank and confronted Bobby Lashley and is pretty much out there claiming that he will take the United States Championship once again from Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. With all the rumors going around that John Cena is back and Austin Theory versus John Cena is going to be a thing at SummerSlam, no, there is no smoking in the beer garden. Even though it is outside, no. No. We have Austin Theory and John Cena and the rumors of everything going on with them at SummerSlam. Clearly, it is not happening at SummerSlam because WWE confirmed today that it will be Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory in a rematch for the United States Championship. I don't hate it because I actually enjoyed their match at Money in the Bank, but everybody's wondering what WWE's plan is for A, Austin Theory and the Money in the Bank, and B, when we will get John Cena back in a WWE ring and get him back on television. So we don't know what's happening with that, but uh, the rumors are not yet coming to fruition, at least right now, for Austin Theory and John Cena at SummerSlam. Becky Lynch and Asuka had a no-holds-barred match. Don't really give a shit about Asuka and Becky Lynch at this point. Uh, I don't really care about the women's division in general. I think it's booked terribly, and I don't really have any interest in anybody in this division at all. As soon as Sasha Banks left the company, don't know her status. As soon as she walked out of the company, all my interest in the women's division walked right out with Sasha Banks. Another Becky Lynch and Asuka match doesn't really mean much of anything. Becky Lynch obviously is claiming that there is conspiracies against her and things aren't going her way and she still wants the Raw Women's Championship. Don't know when that's going to be, but I can't really see SummerSlam without Becky Lynch in a major program for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. So we will see what happens with that going into SummerSlam over the next four weeks. And then WWE did a lot of promoting for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and this Edge vignette that we saw at Money in the Bank. We saw it twice. I don't know what's going on with him or with his return or if he's going to be included at SummerSlam. I would think, being that we saw a couple of vignettes tonight alone on top of everything else that we saw, don't know what's going on with that. And to be brutally honest with you guys, again, if you missed Monday Night Raw, you didn't miss... A goddamn thing on Monday night. So I'm going to get you guys caught up to speed. We're going to go over some news. We got Miz and Logan Paul uh, and all that all that situation. And then Champa confirmed his allegiance with the Miz on Monday night. So we will go all of the over all of that right here on Off the Script. And I want to thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights this Fourth of July holiday. 
Can I ride the Ferris wheel jet? Of course you can. The Ferris wheel's in the background. You see it going right there, man. That's uh, Jersey Shore inspired right there. I'll tell you what, man. You guys are going to want to sit VIP, man. You like them fire pits out there. Look at that shit. Look at those fire pits, bro. You're going to want to sit VIP in the fucking beer garden. I'll tell you that. Look at that, man. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Right underneath the spotlight. You got the fire pit. You got the nice, expensive, comfy boots. It's awesome, man. You guys want to go play Jenga. You guys want to go in the back and have a little fucking whiskey, man. My cocktail bar back there. You guys want to play Connect Four. It's all there for you, man. Absolutely beautiful. I love it. Go hit that join button, man. Become a VIP right here on OTS. You guys get to sit in the fire pit with me. Hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. Also, hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Over 134,000 of you right here on the channel. And I appreciate you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up. You guys enjoy the new venue, man. You guys enjoy the new beer garden. Hit that thumbs up. I need to see a thousand minimum tonight on the podcast. Also, make sure you guys go follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And a proud cameo partner, man. Everything you need is down below in the description. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, including the Money in the Bank post show, man. Nearly 50,000 views on the Money in the Bank post show. Number one by so much, man, in the community. I appreciate you guys making OTS the number one destination for all your opinions and review of Money in the Bank. I appreciate you guys very much. If you guys want to go check that out, it's live on the homepage right now. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Script. Super Chats are open. How do you think I pay for this fucking venue, man? Super Chats. Get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out with our cold beverages under the dusk of the night sky. So get them on in. You guys connect me, whatever you want. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com is an official partner of Off the Scripts. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping right here, courtesy of the podcast. Dustin, thank you so much, brother. Been here since WrestleMania 31, man. That's a long fucking time. I actually quite enjoyed that WrestleMania, man. WrestleMania 31 had probably one of my favorite WrestleMania main events of all time. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, they have not lived up to that match since then. Anyway, guys, let's get into the review. Monday Night Raw started off with, you guessed it, Austin Theory. The new Mr. Money in the Bank and Bobby Lashley. There was no Jimmy Smith on tonight's show. No Jimmy Smith on tonight's show. He's on vacation. He got away lucky. He's the lucky one out of everybody 
In to fill in for him was Kevin Patrick, who didn't really lead at all. This was primarily Corey Graves leading the commentary team tonight, which I have no problem with because I'm a big Corey Graves mark. And we have Byron Saxon out there as well. Jimmy Smith will be back in the booth tomorrow. Can we move the chair so we can see behind you? No. I will not be moving the chair. You guys, uh, I mean, you could see. You could see back there. It's nothing, nothing but a whiskey bar, man. Nothing but a whiskey bar back there, if you guys are watching on YouTube. So Jimmy Smith will be back in the booth tomorrow, or not tomorrow, on Monday. And we got Bobby Lashley and the United States Championship starting the show tonight. So fans are really, really, really big into Bobby Lashley, which is a very good thing to see, man. You know, he was he was a good heel. He was a good heel, but typically in the way I see things, I don't really sit here and praise baby faces. WWE really doesn't do anything great with baby faces, but, you know, Bobby Lashley and the reaction that he's getting, I, I actually quite enjoy it, man. It is very organic, and he's living it. He's really living up to it. So fans love him. He had a very good match with Austin Theory at Money in the Bank. And the crowd is loving him as of late. So it's a very, very good thing to see, man. So he's been waiting for this moment for a long time. Welcome to Monday Night Raw, the typical WWE spiel to open the show. I don't know where that came from. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Welcome to Friday Night SmackDown. It's pretty lame. I I think that's lame. So he mentioned 4th of July. Fans are chanting USA, USA. He says he's been proud to stand here in front of you all as the United States champion. He said the title doesn't make the man. It's the man who makes the title. Yes, tell that to Bruce Pritchard. Tell that to Bruce Pritchard, man. He seemingly doesn't grasp at that concept. He said there is not another man in any division or any promotion. Ooh, I got people talking online, right? Any promotion. Not another man in any division or any promotion that could beat him for the United States Championship. Very unlike WWE to mention another promotion in a promo on their programming. So Theory comes out to his theme music. He asks Bobby Lashley why he gets to kick off Monday Night Raw. He said everyone has been waiting since Saturday to hear from Mr. Headline himself. He said the world is talking about the youngest Mr. Money in the Bank in history. He says it was hard work for him at Money in the Bank. No, it was not. He lasted maybe two and a half minutes in that match total while everybody else around him did all of the work. I still don't believe he is the right man to win Money in the Bank. That's just my personal and honest opinion. I think Seth Rollins or Matt Riddle presented the better option as far as storyline and long-term booking. If WWE ever gets into the business of long-term booking, it could be very well. They don't want to get into the business of long-term booking. And here we are with Austin Theory as Mr. Money in the Bank when he should not be in this spot yet at 24 years old. There were better options and WWE gave it to him for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll get some news this week on an extra or, or whatever the case may be. And we'll talk about Austin Theory and why this all came to fruition at Saturday's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I still do think that a lot of people are misinterpreting what I'm saying as far as Austin Theory is concerned. WWE should be building up new stars. But the way WWE builds up new stars is that they rush everybody in the process of building up new stars 
And then they don't really feel like anything special. They take the plunger and they shove it down everybody's throat. And they tell you who you need to like and who the company guy is going to be from this point on. And it's never what the people say. The people wanted Seth. The people wanted Riddle. And then WWE gives them something completely different. I don't want this to turn into another Roman Reigns disaster. That's all I'm saying. Because we actually all enjoy Austin Theory's work. He's being talked about. Fine. I guess that's what all... I guess that's what it's all about. That's all WWE really wants. They want people talking about it, no matter how shitty the decision is or how many people disagree with it, as long as you're talking about it. Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle provided the best options for long-term booking, and WWE didn't take that road. And I don't like it. So fans are chanting, you suck, you suck at Austin Theory, said Lashley. Had him in the first half, but just like Michael Jordan, just like Tom Brady... Just like both of them combined, I shine brighter than ever in the clutch. He said he grabbed the briefcase and proved he can do this all day. Lashley said he thought he was actively trying to become an arrogant jackass, but he was wrong because this is just second nature to you. He asked if it crossed his mind that somebody gifted him a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match because he shattered his ego into a million pieces. Theory then told Lashley to back away and then reminded him that they'll share, share the ring in a six-man tag team match later. Bobby, I see you, you see me, and I'm just making it happen. I'm always making it happen, Bobby. He says he's going straight to the top with the briefcase, and he was also informed earlier today that he's going to get a rematch at Summer Scam for the United States Championship so he can take back his U.S. title. Theory says the fans can boo all they want, but this is the start of my SummerSlam plans. Whoever is the last man standing between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is going A-Town down. At 24 years old, he's going to cash in his Money in the Bank contract and walk out of Nashville as the greatest WWE champion in history. Lashley told Theory he forgot the if part, of his plan because he still has to make it to SummerSlam. He said the fans deserve some fireworks. Theory threw the briefcase at Lashley, started beating him with the briefcase, started bashing him over the head with the briefcase until it broke open. He quickly closed it and swung again at Lashley with the briefcase. Lashley caught it, chokeslammed Theory, grabbed the briefcase, and uh, Theory grabbed it back, rolled to the floor, and scurried away from Bobby Lashley up the ramp. So, we're getting a United States Championship match between Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam, which automatically eliminates John Cena from all discussion at SummerSlam in any capacity. Maybe. We don't know if John Cena is going to be back at SummerSlam, being that we have the 4th of July holiday now coming and going, and next week we'll leave WWE roughly around three weeks to build SummerSlam. I don't think John Cena will be at SummerSlam. Maybe he will. If it's not Austin Theory, who do we go and put John Cena against at SummerSlam? I do think John Cena should be on the SummerSlam card. I do think that SummerSlam could use a major match for John Cena. going to throw this out there for you guys. I want to see what you'd say and what you do with it. I got two options here. Two options. 
both of which I love. I don't know which one of them I like better. One of them I'm going to throw at you that I've been talking about. I mentioned this not too long ago, man. I, I mentioned this a couple of months back, and some people didn't really agree with me. Some people said it was a WrestleMania match. Some people said, yeah, it could be a SummerSlam match, but why would you want to see that match over an Austin Theory-John Cena match and WWE putting Theory over John Cena and building the future of Austin Theory? Clearly, Theory's not happening because we got Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory confirmed today for SummerSlam in the United States Championship match. With all of these vignettes that we're seeing, and I mentioned this on Saturday, it looks like the vignettes that we saw on Saturday, and again, twice tonight, are for Edge. It looks like Edge may be going back to his past to build a better future for himself or go back to his past to find out who he is after this failure known as Judgment Day and being kicked out of Judgment Day. Go looking into his past to find out what he needs to do in the future. What if we do Edge and John Cena at SummerSlam like I originally had pitched couple of months back. I think that would be a great marquee match. I don't know if John Cena is going to be at SummerSlam, and we don't know if Edge is going to be at SummerSlam either. I would assume WWE would like one or both on this Nissan Stadium show to help move tickets. I don't know how far along they are in ticket sales, but I would think that WWE wants the legends that they are in Edge and John Cena on SummerSlam's card. That's one option. That's one option. I could see that match happening at WrestleMania. I could see that match happening at SummerSlam. No matter where it happens, I'd still like to see it in this final phase of Edge's career because I do think that John Cena is the best rival in Edge's career. That's just my opinion, and vice versa. It's CM Punk and then Edge as far as number one and number two to me as far as John Cena's greatest rival. The other option... And this is a little bit more intriguing to me because you do, if you do this match, you'd be basically doing the same thing you wanted to do with John Cena against Austin Theory. But after tonight, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. And I wonder if John Cena is going to be in the SummerSlam plans after what we saw tonight with our truth. If John Cena and Austin Theory is not happening at SummerSlam, you know, John Cena's Mr. America. He's, you know, Mr. Marine. He does the, the salute every time he comes out. He's for the USA. He is for the armed forces, especially on 4th of July. What if we get John Cena versus Gunther at SummerSlam in a way for WWE to continue building Gunther up? Could be an Intercontinental Championship match. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think John Cena has ever had a shot with the Intercontinental Championship. It could be something that WWE explores if they want to go that route. Who knows how long John Cena has left in the WWE. Put him in there. Put him in there with Gunther. Build Gunther up. Have Gunther destroy John Cena. Have him come back. And then do what you got to do with Cena and Theory if that is your desired match for WrestleMania. Don't sleep on this match. I think this could be an incredible match if WWE wants to go and put that on SummerSlam's card. You're not doing Theory and Cena, so why not Cena and Gunther? And to be honest, what is Gunther doing at SummerSlam 
coming off of SmackDown on Friday night with that Intercontinental Championship. As far as I'm concerned and the way that I see things, I don't see Gunther doing anything with anybody on SmackDown defending that Intercontinental Championship. He destroyed Ricochet not once but twice. So I don't really want to see that happen again. And you know WWE's not going to explore that for a third time. Why would they need to? There's nobody else on that brand that would make sense against somebody like Gunther. Mad Cat Moss? No. There's nobody else over there. There's not really many baby faces on Friday night. It's a very heel-heavy brand. So if John Cena and Gunther is a possibility at SummerSlam, based on what we've seen with Gunther tonight, you know, he comes out, he destroys R-Truth in the spirit of 4th of July, in the spirit of America, because R-Truth is dressed in American garb. He looked like Uncle Sam out there. I think this would be a perfect lead-in for John Cena and Gunther at SummerSlam. Let me know what you guys think about that, because I would love Cena on the show. I'd love Gunther on the show. Never mind Gunther. I'd love for the Intercontinental Championship to be defended on fucking pay-per-view, because it hasn't been defended on pay-per-view since WrestleMania last year. That shit sucks. That's inexcusable. And you got somebody like Gunther right now who's killing it, I think WWE should put all their resources and start building Gunther up. And I think John Cena would be a perfect opponent for him at SummerSlam. Moving on. Megan Morantz interviewed Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka, 619. Booyaka, booyaka, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. 619, they're in San Diego tonight. And he said that Judgment Day might have offered to advise him, Dominic, but he wouldn't want to learn from anyone other than his dad. Ray said he and his son were the first father and son duo to become tag team champions in WWE, so I must be doing something right. He brought up that it's been 10 years since he's wrestled in his hometown of San Diego. He said it's Dominic's first time. He said they will teach Judgment Day how to respect the Mysterios in the 619. So we got Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Judgment Day has fallen off a fucking cliff. And they do not really feel all that important anymore. They didn't really feel all that important. They only felt important because Edge was leading them on Monday night. And then they booted Edge out for ridiculous reasons. And now they are just another group of people on a WWE show on Monday night that don't have any real momentum whatsoever. This match went nine minutes, and WWE's teasing the aspect of maybe Dominic Mysterio joining Judgment Day. I, I don't know if that's the right move to make here. I don't know why anybody would want to see Dominic Mysterio as a heel in the Judgment Day faction. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. What's in the cup? It's an old-fashioned. I drink Old Fashions, and that's an Old Fashioned right there, man. Old Fashioned is nothing more than your favorite bourbon whiskey, some sugar, some water, and an orange peel over ice. That's all it is. And bitters. I can't forget the bitters, man. There's, a, there's several types of bitters. There's black walnut bitters. There's chocolate bitters. There's orange bitters. There's aromatic bitters, man. Ginger bitters. Pumpkin spice bitters. You name it. Grapefruit bitters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man. I'm experimenting with making some Old Fashions. I'm getting pretty damn good at it, too. But that's an old-fashioned that you see there. So we got this match, and this match went to the Mysterios in classic fashion. Classic 
Ray and Dominic Mysterio fashion. So Balor and Priest attacked the Mysterios during their entrance. We go to commercial break. Match was underway. And the Mysterios regained control after the sneak attack in the open. Priest made a blind tag. He blocked the 619 attempt by Dominic before throwing him into the barricade. We go to another commercial break. We went to a commercial break and then literally... 90 seconds later, we went back to another commercial break. I don't understand that. I guess they need that 4th of July uh, revenue stream on USA Network. Ray made a hot tag immediately following the break and brought Priest down with a clunky tilt-the-world DDT. Looked very, very off. Ray followed with a senton, but Balor broke up the cover, so Dominic knocked him down with a series of kicks. Dominic assisted Ray in bringing Priest down with a Hurricane Runner for two, which looked pretty cool. Launched him on the top rope, did Dominic, and Rey Mysterio took him down off the top rope. Mysterio's hit 619s to both Priest and Balor. Rey went for the frog splash, but Balor got his knees up and transitioned into a cradle for a near fall. Priest slid a chair into the ring and distracted the referee. Balor used the chair to shove Dominic aside. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Ray saw the chair in Balor's hand, and he flat back bumped in the ring. Referee was busy with Priest on the outside. He gets back in the ring, and Ray Mysterio pretended like he got hit with the steel chair from Finn Balor. He pulled the oldest trick in Eddie Guerrero's book out of Eddie's book, and the referee saw the chair in Balor's hand. Ray was down. He didn't see it. He assumed that Balor hit Ray with the steel chair. He disqualified the Judgment Day. And Ray Mysterio and Dominic, Dominic Mysterio win this tag team match over Finn Balor and Damian Priest. My God, man, did they make Finn Balor look like a fucking geek in this match? My goodness. My goodness. Judgment Day is finished. Judgment Day is finished, man. When Rhea Ripley comes back, it would probably be best if she remains heel and doesn't go back to Judgment Day. They are finished. Seriously. I don't know when she's coming back. If she was back on TV now, I would do Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. That would be my championship match. But I don't know if she's going to be back in time for SummerSlam. But Judgment Day is finished. I would not want to be associated with them in any way, shape, or form. Sucks to be Damian Priest, man, because he was actually looking like this could be a breakout role for him. And as soon as Edge got kicked out of the group, he went right back to what he was doing before he joined Judgment Day and before he joined Edge and turned heel. 
Sucks. It sucks. I wish things were a little bit better off for not only Damian Priest, but Finn Balor. Logan Paul has showed the vignette and the contract signing of Logan Paul to WWE. And I talked about this on Saturday night during the Money in the Bank post show, and I talked about it on my OTS Extra earlier in the week. I don't really mind Logan Paul signing a WWE contract as long as they don't overexpose him. I think this is uh, a good thing. If he does, they said multiple shows per year. I don't know what that means. I don't think he's going to be doing a house show circuit. I don't think he's going to be a full-time guy. I think WrestleMania, SummerSlam, maybe a Royal Rumble appearance, whatever the case may be, he's not going to be there full-time. He wowed everybody at WrestleMania, and, and to be quite honest with you, he was one of my personal favorite parts of all of WrestleMania on both nights. So if they want to sign him to a contract and they want to put him on TV, I don't mind it, as long as they don't abuse Logan Paul and overexpose Logan Paul. Now, a feud with The Miz, I mean, it's a great starting point, but let's be real, it's The Miz, and I'll have more to say on The Miz a little bit later. But Logan Paul, the one thing I don't really understand is Miz is a heel, or at least Miz is going to be playing a heel in this match with Logan Paul going into SummerSlam. They're going to try, WWE is going to valiantly try to make Logan Paul a fucking babyface when we all know he is a prick and a much better heel than anything else. So I don't really understand why WWE is going to give Logan Paul a babyface run in WWE as he starts out on this new venture. I don't like it. Logan Paul is a heel, and I want to see Logan Paul get fucking decimated by live audiences all over the United States. So we'll see what WWE does with that. But they show the contract signing. I don't really mind it. I know a lot of people don't really care about it, but I don't mind it. It's typical WWE. No reason in breaking a fucking sweat ranting about it. So Megan Morant interviewed The Miz backstage. She asked how he feels about Logan Paul. He says he's proud because Logan has found a way to get headlines. He said that's how he's built his massive fan base. He said he surrounds himself with a bunch of yes men and yes women, which is successful for him outside of WWE. Sounds like Vince McMahon. Sounds like Vince McMahon. Sounds like Miz is describing Vince McMahon. He said that tactic in WWE will lead him to being humbled. He said he made mistakes when he arrived in WWE from the real world. He told Logan he's a nice guy and he doesn't want to see him make the same mistakes he made. He said if he accepts his offer, they can team together at SummerSlam and become the undisputed tag team champions of WWE. He said if he turns him down and he turns his offer down, Logan Paul will get humbled. Morant told Miz he quit his match last week against AJ Styles. Miz said if anyone is quitting or tapping out or getting pinned, it's Styles because he doesn't take kindly to sophomoric jokes. Megan was going to bring up Miz's tiny balls, and Miz went on to say that he has colossal, massive, gargantuan, American supersized balls because I'm the Miz and I'm awesome. So we got the Miz and AJ Styles in a rematch on Monday Night Raw. 
This match went eight minutes. It wasn't anything at all overly entertaining. It wasn't interesting in any way, shape, or form. It was just as vanilla and bland and boring as the match that we got last week with these two guys. So basically, this is a rematch because WWE is too uh, drunk on 4th of July to come up with anything different on this show. And they know that they're going to get a piss-poor rating on this particular episode because everybody's out celebrating the holiday. And you probably won't be watching and you won't even realize that a rematch is taking place. So they figure, let's do a rematch. Let's make our lives easier. Nobody's going to be watching. So if they don't watch, they don't know that we're giving them a rematch. That's all that they did here. This match went eight minutes. And it wasn't particularly good at all. So Styles took most of this match... Nothing about it was interesting at all. Styles chased Miz around the ring. Miz kicked Styles when Styles chased him back into the ring. Styles took over during a break. Got a near fall. We got a lot of picture-and-picture commercial breaks on Monday Night Raw for whatever reason. Because they knew nobody was watching tonight's show as well. So, we got Styles blocking a Miz figure four attempt. And then he hits the phenomenal forearm for a one, two, three win. Very clean, squeaky clean here for AJ Styles over the Miz. Oh, my goodness. AJ Styles gets back in the win column, man. He's got momentum because he beat the Miz. So, out of nowhere, we got Tommaso Ciampa, or just Ciampa. Because WWE doesn't really, doesn't really find it interesting to call him by his full name. Champa attacked AJ Styles from behind. And he's putting the boots to AJ. He rolls down the knee pad. He was about to do the big, the big running knee to AJ Styles. So Miz caught Styles from behind with a skull-crushing finale at the end of all this. And Miz and Champa shook hands afterwards, pretty much confirming that Champa is now the Miz's lackey on Monday Night Raw. I put out a tweet on social media just expressing my opinion, just like I ever do on Monday night. And I said, Champa has now confirmed his allegiance or his partnership with the Miz after attacking AJ Styles tonight on Raw. Holy shit, what a fucking downgrade this is for Tommaso Ciampa. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about social media, man. I I really don't. It seems like The Miz has a lot of fucking stands on social media. I I don't really grasp it. There's a lot of bots out there as well, man. People were within seconds tweeting their displeasure at me and the, the likes on these bot tweets were... Uh, un, unrealistic and very bizarre, man. It's like, uh, it's like all these Miz bots came out of nowhere. I don't know. Maybe the Miz is a popular guy on social media. So I'm scrolling through my mentions and I see D-O-double-G. Oh, you didn't know. And I have no problem with Dog. I have no problem with Road Dog. Road Dog is not with WWE anymore. Road Dog is not with NXT. He's not with WWE. So I don't mind getting into a friendly argument. With Road Dog on social media. He's seen my tweet. He's seen my tweet. I guess uh, my, my tweets travel fast in the, in the Twitter universe. He sees my tweet. And he disagrees 
with my take on Champa being aligned with the Miz, and he thinks Champa being aligned with the Miz is going to help get Champa in front of a wider audience. And the Miz is an A-list superstar, and the Miz is such star appeal that it's going to help Tommaso Champa out. I respect his opinion, but I respectfully disagree with Road Dog. Okay, this is the same guy. This is the same guy that was a part of the SmackDown writing team in 2016. To me, one of the best SmackDown periods ever was 2016. From September on till the end of 2016, Ryan Ward and Road Dog wrote most of SmackDown at the end of 2016. And I thought it was fantastic television. It rivaled NXT at the time. It really did. Then Road Dog, he couldn't work with Vince McMahon anymore. Something happened backstage. You just felt the show was completely off going into 2017. You know, after all that and all the work that he put into SmackDown, it went right down the toilet. Jinder Mahal, he was the WWE champion, basically crippling the fucking brand, nearly killing the brand in 2017. Things could have been different if Bray Wyatt was the champion, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. Road Dog was no longer a part of the writing team, took a sabbatical, and then goes to NXT and works with Papa H. Triple H developing a team down there with the black and gold. Road Dog was a part of that team. You got Road Dog, you got Shawn Michaels, you got William Regal, you got Sarah Amato, you got Matt Bloom, you got one hell of a fucking team down there on NXT Black and Gold. Road Dog was in the middle of Tommaso Ciampa on NXT television during his run down there on the black and gold. I don't know what he watched. Maybe he forgot the work that he did. Maybe he forgot the work that his good old buddy Paul Levesque was doing with Tommaso Ciampa down there. I don't know how anybody can sit here and look me in the face and tell me The Miz and Tommaso Ciampa is better than anything Tommaso Ciampa did in NXT while under the guidance and the creative of Triple H. Every time The Miz is on TV, you may think he's an A-list superstar. You may think he's a mainstream guy. You may think that it's going to work out for somebody like Tommaso Ciampa. How did that work out for Mustafa Ali, who feuded with The Miz? How did that work out? It didn't work out at all. Now Ali's back on the Hulu show in front of nobody. Tommaso Ciampa has been on Monday Night Raw for three and a half months now, and I can't remember the single fucking time this man came out and was given a fucking entrance. Tommaso Ciampa hasn't gotten an entrance maybe once, maybe once in three and a half months. Tommaso Ciampa hasn't even cut a fucking promo on Monday Night Raw. And I need to be told that Miz and Tommaso Ciampa is better than... Tommaso Ciampa just wasting away on Monday Night Raw. Let me tell you something. With him being paired with The Miz, all this will do is waste Tommaso Ciampa away. Everybody that becomes Miz's lackey always eats the L. We don't know how far this partnership's going to go. We don't know how far this is going going to take Tommaso Ciampa. I don't see how anybody can look at this and think this is better for Tommaso Ciampa than what he did three or four years ago as NXT World Champion. Tommaso Ciampa was the greatest 
heel in the company this decade, including The Miz. So please do not argue with me about Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz being a better partnership than Tommaso Ciampa being on his own. This is the psycho killer. This is an assassin in Tommaso Ciampa. This man would fuck, old Tommaso Ciampa would be fucking beating the shit out of this current Tommaso Ciampa. The old Tommaso Ciampa would have absolutely beaten the shit out of somebody like The Miz. But I'm supposed to hear it from these fucking unintelligent geeks, not Road Dog. these geeks. Why don't you give it a chance? Why don't you give it a chance? Give what a chance? WWE has had a chance with Tommaso Ciampa for three and a half fucking months, and they haven't done a goddamn fucking thing about it. This man was the best heel in the entire industry, in the world. And you want to tell me that I need to give this guy a fucking chance because he's now partnered with The Miz? Get the fuck out of here, man, and get the fuck out of my mentions. Seriously. There is nobody that WWE has built up since as a heel that will rival Tommaso Ciampa. If I see it, if I see it, I will tell you when. And they're not even close. They're not even close. Oh, but it's black and gold. Nobody watched black and gold. Everybody watched black and gold. The black and gold was the best fucking brand on the planet. Everybody was paying attention to the black and gold. Everybody, including Vince. That's why they took TakeOver away from all the major WWE shows. Every single TakeOver that was led by Tommaso Ciampa ended up destroying every main roster pay-per-view that it was associated with. Ciampa. An NXT led by Ciampa, feuding with Gargano over the NXT championship. Never, ever, 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 ever come to me and tell me anything in regards to somebody like Ciampa being better better with The Miz than not with The Miz. At this stage of the game, Tommaso Ciampa would be better off being off television. Give me a fucking break. The Miz is channel-changing garbage. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I just don't deem The Miz must-see television. He's not. Every time The Miz is on TV, he is part of the worst fucking segments on the entire show. I don't want Tommaso Ciampa, the Ciampa that we all adore, to be associated with somebody that got taken out because he was eaten by zombies. I don't want Tommaso Ciampa to be associated with somebody who went around for months Spraying people with the drip stick. Give me a break. If anything, this is going to embarrass Tommaso Ciampa. If anything, this is going to bring Ciampa down to a level that will barely have him fucking floating on Monday Night Raw that will ultimately lead him to his release. This man should be at the top of the fucking card on Monday Night Raw. As soon as you brought him to Raw, this man should have been instant top heel on any brand he was associated with. No, but he's now the Mrs. Lackey. Imagine a world where we watch pro wrestling after what this man has done, and he's a fucking lackey for the goddamn Miz. Holy shit. Never, never, ever, 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 ever get into my mansions and fucking get to a point where you say that type of shit to me. You're an embarrassment.
An embarrassment. These geeks on social media are an embarrassment. I got to a friendly back and forth, and I respectfully disagreed with Road Dog. I said, bro, you were a part of NXT. I'm going to sit here and respectfully disagree, man. We can agree to disagree here. I'm not going to agree with you on that. I don't give a shit what anybody in that company or in the community thinks of The Miz. I don't. This is Tommaso Ciampa we're talking about. This man did things that only people would wish and dream of. The heel heat that he got is something that people fucking dream about. Nothing rivaled anything he did since. Nothing. Ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous with this shit. Moving on. Again, I don't know. Miz and Logan Paul, we may get a one-on-one match. We could easily, I don't know what AJ Styles is going to do at SummerSlam. Maybe we get AJ versus Champ at SummerSlam. Maybe. And what, what's going to happen there? You think Champ is going to beat AJ at SummerSlam? I'd love to see Champ and AJ. I think you give them 20 minutes, they fucking kill it. Match it tonight. But if he's going to go one-on-one with AJ, he's losing. And if we get, if we get AJ Styles and Logan Paul teaming up against Miz and Champa, who do you think is taking the pinfall in that match? Champa. This does not bode well for Tommaso Champa, man. He will only be looked at as a loser. Hour two. We got Liv Morgan. Actually, no. Before we get to Liv Morgan, I'm missing this barbecue shit. This barbecue thing was a big aspect of Monday Night Raw. They had a 4th of July barbecue on Monday Night Raw. Street Profits were talking out there. Chad Gable was out there with Otis. There were everybody in the locker room, a bunch of randoms thrown about drinking beverages and eating holiday 4th of July-esque food, hot dogs and burgers and baked beans and corn on the cob and whatever else Titus wanted to muster up on this 4th of July. Street Profits are there. They're interrupted by Chad Gable and Otis. Like, we haven't seen this match a thousand fucking times before. Gable asked how they can be partying after they lost to the Usos. Now, Gable said they lost fair and square, so no more complaining about shoulder being up. Gable says he has a history lesson for them in the form of an annotated version of the Declaration of Independence. He demanded absolute silence. Shush, please! Thank you, thank you, says... Chad Gable, Montez Ford read from his sheet of paper and said, this truth to be self-evident that every man and woman has the right to shut Chad Gable up. Montez Ford then slapped Gable in the face with a hot dog. Yes, a wiener. Montez Ford slapped Chad Gable in the face with a bunless wiener. And after that, Otis told Montez, how dare you disrespect Chad Gable, an American hero, Otis said he can eat 20 hot dogs without breaking a sweat. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Yes, I know Otis is a large man. We don't need Otis to say he can eat 20 hot dogs over everybody else in this segment that is obviously in shape. Ridiculous. Angelo Dawkins told Otis that Ford served as United States Marine. He also bragged that he himself was a three-time hot dog-eating champion out of Fairfield, Ohio. Otis says he can eat out or out-eat him. I can suck him down like Coca-Cola. No chew. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who wrote this segment, man. That sounds like uh, 
That sounds like somebody's got uh, a very, very, very dirty mind. A mind in the gutter right there. I don't know, man. I can suck them down like Coca-Cola. No chew. I don't know. This is Otis, by the way. Otis saying this to the Street Profits. And we are on our way to getting a hot dog eating contest on Monday Night Raw. You know, because it's the... It's the stereotypical thing that Americans do on 4th of July. They down many, many hot dogs and hamburgers. So we go from that to Liv Morgan. To Liv Morgan. Morgan is the new SmackDown Women's Champion. I am, I am being very good. I am being very good, man. Listen, I, I'm being very good, okay? I'm being very good. I'm being very considerate. To the Liv Morgan fans out there. I'm giving you guys your 15 minutes of excitement. I really am. I'm giving you guys this moment to enjoy whatever you are enjoying here. I'm giving you your uh, your money in the bank excitement. Go out and celebrate. Right? Go out and get the balloons and pop the bottles of champagne. And, you know, go out and buy the streamers and fucking throw the ticker tape parades. Liv Morgan! She's the SmackDown Women's Champion, right? I don't want to rain on their parade, man. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to rain on your parade, but I don't want to sit here and tell you I told you so, man. I don't want to sit here and tell you I told you so, but uh, I, I do not see this lasting past SummerSlam. I don't. I don't. If it lasts past SummerSlam, I would be shocked to see Liv Morgan hold this title past SummerSlam. Not when the android is ready to come back, right? Not with Charlotte Flair ready to come back, man. You'd think Charlotte Flair is coming back and not going to be put in a championship program on Friday night. <laughs> you guys are some fucking comedians, man. You really are. Give me a break. Give me a break. Charlotte's coming back. If she puts over Liv Morgan, man, I don't know, I may come out here dressed as a fucking robot. Seriously. I may, I may do this entire fucking live stream in a goddamn robot costume. Liv Morgan's out there. Held the title above her head. This whole segment was just fucking painful. Painful to listen to. So we got a You Deserve It chant. She yelled... I never want to hear anybody making fun of Tony Khan the way he cuts a pro. This was basically Liv Morgan doing her best Tony Khan impersonate, yelling out there. Thank you guys, but we deserve it. She said she is so proud to be standing there as the new SmackDown Women's Champion. She said it all came to fruition at Money in the Bank. She said the fan support got her through the grueling match. She said they stood by even when she felt like she was not giving them what they deserved, and there was nothing to believe in. She jumped up and down in excitement. She says they gave her the confidence she needed to cash in and beat Ronda Drowsy for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She said saying that out loud takes her breath away. She said the title isn't just for her, it's for all of us. She was interrupted by Natalia. Oh, great, man. Just exactly what we need. Natalia on Monday night, man. Holy shit. Every time Natalia comes out, man, seriously, if Natalia's booked for a show, make sure that you bring a pillow with you. That's all I'm going to say. 
So Natalia said the one person she should be thanking, Liv, is her. Because she's the reason that she was able to cash in the contract successfully. She said she destroyed Ronda Drowsy and the knee with a sharpshooter. Morgan says she feels like she's having a hard time accepting that she lost to Rousey. And since she's the new champion, it makes sense. She's come after the giant or come after her with a giant target on her back. She said, since they'll now be sharing a locker room on SmackDown, you, Natty, know where to find me. Then Carmella's theme music plays another one of these uh, very stereotypical segments. Liv Morgan's out there cutting a promo. Cue Natalia's theme music. She comes out, interrupts Liv Morgan. Carmella's theme music hits. She comes out and interrupts both Liv Morgan and Natalia. Same shit. No different. No different. So Carmella told them to go back to SmackDown where they belong. She boasted about her post-match attack on Bianca Belair. She told Liv Morgan to leave the ring and the spotlight to her. She will be the next Raw Women's Champion. No, you will not. No, you will not. Is WWE really thinking about doing a rematch with Bianca Belair and Carmella at SummerSlam? I hope not. So Morgan asked Carmella if she's already had enough of the spotlight when she lost to Bianca at Money in the Bank. She said, if she really wants her out of the ring, then make me get out. Ooh. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Liv. I'm sorry. I won't disrespect you again, man. You're so, you're so uh, intimidating, Liv Morgan. Oh, my God. So Carmella said that she gives her a good idea. She asked Natalia if she's thinking what I'm thinking. They both then attack Morgan two-on-one. Out comes Bianca Belair. And we get Adam Pearce walking out after the brawl and said that they've earned themselves a tag team match, player. Tag team match on Monday Night Raw. And we got Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Carmella. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. Such riveting fucking television, man. Such enthralling television. So... Let me get to this segment first, man. You know, I don't know what WWE is thinking with Liv Morgan. I don't know what WWE is thinking with Liv Morgan, but apparently, apparently, we have plans for Liv Morgan going into SummerSlam. Now, I don't know how true this is, but Meltzer talked about this on the Observer Live after Money in the Bank. So Meltzer said the current plan... It's for Liv Morgan to defend the title against Ronda Rousey. (laughs) Ronda Drowsy! At SummerSlam on July 30th. There had been some speculation that WWE might go back to Charlotte Flair, who's been off TV for a while after getting married to Andrade El Idolo. He's back on TV, so I'm assuming Charlotte will be back on TV relatively soon. And... I thought that was going to be the match, Charlotte versus Liv Morgan. I thought we'd get Charlotte and Ronda again at SummerSlam because, you know, WWE's got to book this SummerSlam show the same way that they booked WrestleMania. Meltzer says, and I quote, right now the plan is Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, which kind of surprises me in a lot of ways because they didn't leave with any heat. Ronda just hugged her and walked out of the ring and let her have her moment. They've been building for this with Liv for a while. No, they haven't. And we're building shit with Liv Morgan. Meltzer added, it is interesting, though, as I think almost everybody figured it out 
that it was going to be Charlotte and Ronda at SummerSlam, and now it is not. Apparently, I don't know how true this is. It was a report. And I guess we'll talk about this on an extra, too. I'll go over it just briefly here. Michael Mardonis, he is Ronda Rousey's official photographer. He went to Instagram and took a photo from ringside with his mobile device, claiming that Ronda Rousey never wanted or never asked to be the SmackDown Women's Champion. He wrote on Instagram, and I quote, respect to Ronda Rousey, who never wanted or asked to be a champion and demanded that the most passionate pro wrestler be awarded the most prestigious title in our industry. Hashtag respect. And he added Liv Morgan. Now, I don't know how true this is. This is just a claim from Ronda Rousey's photographer, Michael Mardones. But it is interesting that it came from somebody who is very close to Ronda Rousey. Now, what I don't understand, and this is what gets me here, if we do Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan at SummerSlam, and Ronda Rousey is, you know, four weeks from now, getting the knee better and the knee is not going to be the story anymore, and they do this match one-on-one, does anybody believe that Liv Morgan is going to beat Ronda Rousey one-on-one and retain the championship? I honestly feel, and this would go in line, this would go right in line with everything that WWE has done with the Money in the Bank briefcase for the women. If you guys remember last year, Nikki Ash also had a feel good, (laughs) Uh, T-R-A-S-H, I'm sorry, Nikki Trash, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay, I'll get it right next time. Nikki Trash, you guys remember she won the SmackDown Women's Championship from or was it the Raw? One of the, one of the cha- I don't remember which one. Well, who gives a shit? She won the Women's Championship from Charlotte only for her to drop the title back to Charlotte, ultimately wasting the Money in the Bank contract. So Nikki Trash got her feel-good moment, and WWE gave her her feel-good moment only to take it away from her. So is the same thing going to happen with Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan? I can't see Liv Morgan beating Ronda Rousey one-on-one clean to retain the championship. I can't even see them in the same ring together. It's not believable. It's not legit. I can't see Liv Morgan doing anything in regards to Ronda Rousey getting a one-two-three, getting a clean victory. If it's a fuck finish, maybe. Does Charlotte come back and cost Ronda? Does somebody else come in and cost Ronda, setting up Ronda's next feud? I don't know. I don't know, but I honestly think, and and I mean this wholeheartedly, I do. We got three weeks till SummerSlam. WWE's not going to build somebody else for Liv Morgan at SummerSlam. It's not going to be Natalya. That's just fucking pull me to bed television, man. Seriously. They're not going to do Carmella. They're not going to do anybody else. It's either Ronda or nobody. Ronda or Charlotte. Those are the only two people. Maybe Bailey comes back. I don't know. But what I would do here is Liv and Ronda, and I'd use this to turn Ronda heel. That's what I do. I think it's about time we need to get to this point. We need to start now experimenting with Ronda Rousey as a heel. Otherwise, this Ronda run, for whenever she is going to go away, hopefully, 
Whatever we do with Ronda's run from now until she goes away, it needs to be a heel. So I would use this as a match at SummerSlam to turn Ronda heel. That's just me. Other than that, I don't really know if anybody truly believes Liv Morgan is surviving with this championship past SummerSlam. Because W, and I don't know why, I don't know why the Liv Morgan fans are too stupid to realize what's going on here. Liv Morgan is a transitional champion. They gave you a feel-good moment because WWE knows that they could take it away at any moment. And that's exactly what they love to do. They love to give you a little crumb at the dinner table, and then they love to take that away. While everybody else fucking eats and is full and jovial at the dinner table. Liv Morgan is not going to be a champion. If it, if it lasts past SummerSlam, I'll be shocked. I really would. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade being excited for Liv Morgan because I think Liv Morgan is fucking... I, she's come a long way, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of Liv Morgan. I really am. And I wanted to see her succeed well before this. But if anybody thinks that this is going to last, you know, for the duration here, and she's going to get some solid run with the championship, and she's going to have the division built around her, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are smoking, man. I really don't. Seriously, pass, pass it around, man. I don't, allow, I don't allow smoking in the fucking beer garden, man. But whatever the fuck is smoking, I'll gladly smoke, man. We're outside. We're outside. Come on now. So we got this tag team match. Morgan and Belair won. Don't know why the champions would lose. Morgan and Belair won. So Morgan was rallying against Natalia. And Natalia went for a cover, which was broken up by Carmella. Natalia landed a discus clothesline. Belair broke up a cover from Natalia. Carmella drove Belair into the ringside barricade, or not the barricade, the steel post. But Belair um, was coming out of that. Carmella slipped free, shoved Belair, like I said, into the ring post. Um, Morgan blocked a sharpshooter and then hit Oblivion for the one, two, three. That was pretty much it. Nothing really exciting here. Tag team match, showing off the new champion, showing off the Raw Women's Champion, teaming together because it's red, white, and blue, right? Red, white, and blue, uh, Raw and SmackDown on the same show together, man. You got to love it. You got to love it, right? I can't wait till Survivor Series to see what fucking uh, WWE uh, bullshit they spewed us for Survivor Series when it's Raw versus SmackDown. Only time per year where it happens. Sure thing. So we went back to the 4th of July party. We went back to the 4th of July party. Wrestlers out there mingling, right? You got Matt Riddle eating some uh, barbecue, and you got uh, all these other fucking irrelevant geeks out there just mingling about. Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander stole Veer's plate of food. Veer looks like a complete geek. No Veer on this show. I thought Veer and Bobby Lashley was going to be a solid direction for the United States Championship going into SummerSlam, but apparently WWE doesn't seem to think so. So Veer had his... Fourth of July dinner stolen by Ali and Cedric Alexander. Uh, man, I, I'm still waiting for the check marks to fill me in on what the plan for Mustafa Ali is. Uh, I don't think any of them reported that he'd be on the July 4th episode stealing a plate of fucking creamed corn from Veer Mahan. Yeah, such a plan, says the check marks on social media. MVP was out there giving Omas. <laughs> The mighty Omar! You know, Omas, uh, who didn't need a ladder to climb the fucking, uh, the uh, Money in the Bank uh, hill on Saturday night, right? 
Omas, he's standing there as MVP's giving him a pep talk about money in the bank. All of a sudden, the 24-7 geeks rolling. They're right at home here, man. Titus, Titus took the catering department outside. It was beautiful in San Diego. So they're all running about catering. And we got the 24-7 geeks running past Omas, and Reggie bumps into Omas. So Omas threw him like Uncle Phil threw DJ Jazzy Jeff out of the fucking Fresh Prince house in the intro to the fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Threw him off to the side. And all of a sudden, we go on to Zeke, Ezekiel. So, prophets are talking to Ezekiel, chatting it up with Zeke. He said he was all Zeke'd up for the 4th of July. He says he has great memories with Elias and Elrod competing in hot dog eating contests. He said nobody won, and he is Zeke'd everywhere. Ezekiel then accidentally squirt ketchup all over Seth Rollins, who was wearing nothing but white. Seth gave him a very angry stare. Then he started laughing, and Seth got all angry again, licked ketchup off of his chin, and licked it, and then he walks away. Prophet said it was Seth Zekin Rollins Zekin out. This shit sucks. This shit sucks. I don't know who found any of this funny, but it was not funny at all. And I'm very envious at everybody who was out enjoying your 4th of July. And all I wanted to do was make myself a couple of old fashions and fucking pass out on my couch in the goddamn air conditioner and not cover this fucking horrendous program. But here I am. With a fucking imaginary old-fashioned right on my goddamn fucking imaginary bar right there. Who people still seem to think that this is a real bar. I know it looks like a real bar because my team is fucking incredible. Yes, it looks like a real bar, but no, it's not a real bar. I wish. I wish I could reach and grab the fucking old-fashioned and start drinking right here, man. I really wish. This show sucks. Seth Rollins versus Ezekiel. This match went 10 minutes. Wow, man. Wow, man. Ezekiel versus Seth Rollins, man. Such unbelievable, can't-miss television, man. Seriously. Seth took over with a sling blade during a commercial break. Battled back and forth here. Going at it. Rapid-fire exchanges between Zeke and Seth Rollins. Don't know why anybody would care about this match, but here we are. So, Ezekiel hit a fall-away slam. Stinger splash. Spine buster. Rollins blocked another splash, drove him into the turnbuckle, but Zeke came back with a knee strike. He had a drift away for a two, sit out power bomb for two. Ezekiel followed with a couple of cradle attempts until Rollins finally hit the curb stomp for the one, two, three. And that was pretty much it. Still don't know how anybody thinks Seth Rollins was not the right guy, how you can listen to the reactions that Seth Rollins gets and he wasn't the right choice for money in the bank. I don't get it. I don't get it. Rollins went back to the ring after the match was over. He wanted to do another curb stomp, but out of nowhere, Matt Riddle flew. I don't know where the fuck he came from. Was he waiting in the crowd uh, away from Seth Rollins trying to sneak attack him? Where the fuck did he come from? Did he leave the barbecue and said, yeah, I'm I'm just going to run to the ring and RKO Seth Rollins out of nowhere. It's exactly what he did. He hit an RKO 
out of nowhere on Seth Rollins, and the crowd popped big. It looks like we're getting Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins at the Summer Scam pay-per-view. And if that's the case, that match should be a banger. Should be a banger. Otis. Otis and everybody else at the barbecue. We got a hot dog eating contest in progress between Otis and Dawkins. So everybody's in the background cheering them on. And we join this in progress with Otis eating 23 hot dogs, Angelo Dawkins eating 22, and Otis seemingly had won the hot dog eating contest. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The winner of the hot dog eating contest in Titus Catering is Akira Tozawa with 48 hot dogs eaten. He was declared the winner. Tozawa sitting there acting like he wanted to puke up all the hot dogs that he, oh, don't don't worry. Don't worry. You think Vince McMahon was going to allow somebody to go through this show without puking up the hot dogs? You are sadly mistaken, folks. You are sadly mistaken. So Akira Tozawa won the hot dog eating contest. Gable demanded a recount. Otis says, I'm not feeling so good. Theory said, He'll see them out there later for their six-man tag team match. Otis, he's sitting there asking for some Pepto-Bismol. He wanted some Pepto. Jesus fucking Christ. I knew we were getting a fucking vomit segment. I knew we were getting a vomit. I didn't want to believe it, but I knew we were getting a vomit segment on this show. Street Profits made their ring entrance. We got a six-man tag team match. Profits and Bobby Lashley versus Otis, Theory, and Chad Gable. Match went 11 minutes. Lashley was taking over after commercial break. Theory was on the ringside apron flexing for the crowd in San Diego. Dawkins body checked him into the announce table. Lashley started laughing at Austin Theory. Then caught a charging Gable with a move and power slammed him down. Otis broke up the cover by Bobby Lashley on Chad Gable. Lashley then speared Otis not too long after that. Ford landed a top rope frog splash. Patrick then on commentary noted it was to the stomach of Otis. You knew what was coming, folks. You knew as soon as they referenced it on commentary, which I put in my notes, the stomach of Otis. You knew he was going to vomit all over the place. Gable then came back and landed a top rope moonsault on Bobby Lashley, middle of the ring. He goes for a cover, gets a two count. Lashley then came back with a very, very ugly looking spear. And he got the win over Chad Gable. One, two, three. And that was it. Afterwards, Otis, he looked a little dizzy in the ring after the match was over. And he then, he then spits up and pukes hot dog. All over the referee. Corey Graves is out there on commentary saying the smell is disgusting. Processed meat, says Byron Saxton. I think I'm going to be sick. And then if the actual live footage of him puking wasn't bad enough, WWE replayed Otis's puking in slow motion. This is Monday Night Raw on the 4th of July, folks. 
I bypassed fireworks and a fucking trip to my favorite beer garden in Atlantic City to watch Otis on Monday Night Raw puke up fucking hot dogs. Thank you, Bruce fucking, you're a complete fat slob, Pritchard. Lashley and the Prophets win in 11 minutes. Megan Morant was backstage. Hopefully Otis feels better soon. Becky Lynch walked in and said, nobody cares about Otis and he shouldn't be allowed to steal her spotlight because I'm looking for my little habitses, my precious. I don't have my soundboard, otherwise I do it. That's back in New York. I'm in Jersey. I don't have my soundboard with me. Is that she is upset and her body is broken to bits and she's mad as hell. Yeah, I'm mad as hell. I'm watching this fucking show. You're mad? I'm mad. She said she'd have been, she should have been granted a one-on-one match against Belair, but she wasn't. She said she will make her way back to the Raw Women's Championship and Asuka is not ready for Becky. R-Truth walked out dressed as Uncle Sam because it's 4th of July. So we got a USA, USA, USA chant by R-Truth in San Diego. I'm Uncle Sam, y'all, says R-Truth. He says they all know from the movie Independence Day. They are there to honor the brave American heroes who saved the Earth from the alien invasion back in 1996. This is our truth, folks. Our truth. Referencing Independence Day and aliens. Saving the world and Earth from aliens. An alien invasion back in 1996. He honored the actors by name, including Will Smith. He then began to read lines from the movie, but said it was from the Constitution. Ludwig Kaiser then comes out, interrupted, and asked if he was done with this ridiculous charade. He said, he's there to introduce a man actually worthy of celebration. Stand and pay respect to your intercontinental champion, Gunther. Nice surprise to see Gunther on Raw. So, we got Gunther versus R-Truth, dressed as Uncle Sam. This match went one minute, and we got a big boot, a power bomb by Gunther, and that was pretty much it. Not sure what happened with the power bomb. It looked a little sloppy. Maybe, uh, maybe Gunther uh, had uh, the Uncle Sam get up, kind of get in his face and whatnot. Looked like it kind of threw him off. Power bomb looked a little sloppy by Gunther, whereas... He never really fucks up anything. He's always precise and clean is Gunta in the ring. But we got Gunther winning in one minute. Like I said, I'm booking Cena versus Gunther at SummerSlam if Cena is able to get in with WWE this summer and uh, do some work. I would put Gunther and John Cena in a match for the Intercontinental Championship. I would. There's nobody right now on SmackDown even worthy of being in the ring with him. And I honestly think maybe we get Drew McIntyre. The fuck is Drew McIntyre doing at SummerSlam? I don't know. Maybe we get Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title. I don't know. I like the aspect of Cena. If Cena is able to work this summer, I think Cena and Gunther would be fucking spectacular. I really do. Sarah Schreiber. She talked to Alexa Bliss backstage. She said she was so happy for Liv. She said it made her realize it's been too long since she's held anything but Lily. 
She asked how cute it would be if she came out wearing a title and Lily got a matching title around her waist. You know, WWE's already envisioning that on WWEshop.com. Asuka says, because she comes into the segment, she's going to beat Becky tonight and then become the next Monday Night Raw Women's Champion. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss in the Monday Night Raw Women's title picture? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to see it. I don't really care for it. But the fact that she mentioned it, it could be where WWE goes as far as the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Bliss was actually on that piece of shit's podcast. You know, the guy that works for Fox with the fucked up haircut. Uh, She was on his podcast that nobody watches. Bliss talked about how much of her real self is in her wrestling character. She also talked about why she wanted to remain heel as her character was going in a different direction on Monday Night Raw. She wanted things to be a little bit more darker, and she wanted to be things a little bit more evil. And WWE denied her that. And we'll go over that at some point this week. But she did get an interview in with that, uh, that asshole over there, and she said she wanted to take it into a little bit more of a darker direction. She wanted to come back as a different version of Dark Alexa, but obviously things changed and she had to have surgery. And when she came back, WWE wanted to go in a completely different direction. Now, I don't know how how much darker she could have gotten. It was not really all that entertaining. And I honestly think I can't stand her as a babyface, but I honestly feel like the change in Alexa is better. But I really feel like she would work better as a heel. That's just me. She's very cringe as a babyface. I don't know if the dark character was working for her, and I don't know if I want to see her do another dark character like that. It was very just out of the box and just, it was lame. It was very childish. Now she's childish now as a babyface, but I honestly think she would work better as a heel. And I really can't stand to see her as a babyface. So if they do Bianca and Alexa, I don't know how they're going to go about it. Maybe she does go back and turn heel. I don't know. But the only reason why she's babyface right now is because she needs to sell fucking dolls on WWEshop.com. And that's the only reason why they got her doing the babyface run right now. Main event. We got Becky Lynch versus Asuka in a no-holds-barred match. I don't believe we got another fucking Becky Lynch and Asuka match. Why? Why? How many times does Becky and Asuka need to be in the main event of Monday Night Raw? How many times does Asuka need to be put in a position where she loses? It's ridiculous. So we got 20 minutes until the end of the show. 10.40. Becky Lynch makes her ring entrance. We go to commercial break at 10.41. 10.44, we see SummerSlam Twitter contest details. 10.45, Asuka makes her ring entrance. 10.46, we see a replay of Asuka's return two months ago. 10.47, the main event begins. 10.50, we go to commercial break. 10.53, we come back to resume the rest of the show. Smash started at 10.40. At least the beginning entrances started at 10.40. We didn't get the actual match without a commercial break until 10.53. We got this match for seven minutes of TV time. 
seven minutes. I don't know what they do and how they think this is right, but I could not give a single fucking shit. Could not. So, Oscar dropkicked Becky Lynch into a chair. There were lots of chairs. There was a table, kendo stick, an umbrella. Oscar dropped Lynch onto a chair. It was wedged in between two ropes before giving her a bulldog onto a chair. Lynch fought her off and gave her a fallaway slam onto a pile of chairs on the outside. Lynch held up a chair, but Oscar drove her through the timekeeper's barricade with a running hip attack. The spot don't even look good anymore because WWE sends everybody through the fucking timekeeper's barricade. Everybody. Everybody goes through the timekeeper's barricade. Another commercial break. Oscar gave Lynch a superplex onto a pile of chairs for two count. Oscar placed a trash can over Becky Lynch's body and started hitting the trash can with kicks and then a missile drop kick with a two count. So crowd wanted tables. Oscar went to go grab one, but Lynch knocked her down. Oscar tried to take control of this match. She went to go grab an umbrella underneath the ring. I don't know why she grabbed the umbrella as a weapon outside everything else that was underneath the ring, but she grabbed the fucking umbrella. She grabbed an umbrella. She walks up the steel steps back into the ring. She goes to hit Becky Lynch with the umbrella. Becky Lynch grabs the umbrella and takes the umbrella away. Oscar then tries to spit green mist in Becky Lynch's face. Becky Lynch opens up the umbrella to deflect the green mist. So no green mist in Becky Lynch's face. So she knocked Becky Lynch down and Oscar gets back up and knocks Becky Lynch with a backfist. So Oscar hits the backfist. So moments later after this, there's a table up and they're on the top rope. They're battling at the top rope. And Becky Lynch hit a second rope manhandle slam through the table. And that was enough for the win. One, two, three, and Becky Lynch once again beats Oscar on this waste of time 4th of July episode of Monday Night Raw. That was your Monday Night Raw for 4th of July, folks. I'm sure you guys were fucking thrilled sitting at home while everybody else is out enjoying the fucking holiday. You opted to turn on Monday Night Raw to see nothing overly exciting. Rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. None of that excitement that WWE kept at Money in the Bank transitioned on over to Monday Night Raw. We got Otis puking up hot dogs. We got Becky Lynch and Asuka in the main event again of Monday Night Raw. And no real excitement going into SummerSlam yet. Nothing. This show sucks. Yes, Jesse, really. Yes. That was it. This was your Monday Night Raw. And I apologize to anybody that had to sit here and watch this shit along with me. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday night. Happy to be in the OTS Beer Garden, man. I love it. I love it. What is your favorite part of the Beer Garden, guys? Let me know what your favorite part of the beer garden is. Is it the drink menu in front of me? Is it my old-fashioned? Is it the beautiful Ferris wheel in the background, man? Oh, my goodness. What about the neon sign? What are you guys drinking? Or maybe it's that beautiful fire pit. 
We got a couple of new members tonight, man. You guys are... You guys are lucky, man. You're joining the membership crew. You're joining the VIPs. And you're sitting now with everybody amongst that beautiful fire pit, man. Love it. Follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Also, TikTok and now on Cameo. Everything you need is linked down below in the description below. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. I'm going to need you guys to look your best this summer, man. You guys can't do that without Manscaped. I'm going to need you guys to take control of your bush. Taking control of that bush is important, man. These products are so good, you're going to be showing off your pride in your new bush-free yard. Thanks to Manscaped. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code, code STRIP20 at checkout. That's 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. And you guys are going to get the new lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer right now. That is your bush's worst nightmare. It's designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave loose hair on skin thanks to this ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. You guys are also going to get the Weed Whacker in this performance package. It's a fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer that will make sure all of your nasty pubes are under control. You guys are going to get their Crop Preserver, which is their ball deodorant, and you're going to get the Crop Reviver. It's a ball toner. You guys are set to go, man. And you're going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is awesome. I love it. My favorite thing in the whole package is the Shed Travel Bag, man. That's worth the price of admission right there. And you guys are going to get the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. I may be wearing them right now. You don't even know. I love them. Make sure you guys use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. It's time to level up, man, this summer. And you guys cannot do that without Manscaped and their ultimate bushwhacking tools. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show right here. From the OTS Beer Garden, man, it is opening night. Make sure you guys go and get those super chats in. Let's start at the top. We're going to start at the top here. I mean, we got Joseph Taylor. Of course we got Joseph Taylor. $3 super chat. Favorite Eddie Guerrero match. Happy 4th of July. I don't really have an, a favorite Eddie Guerrero match, Joseph. But I will say this. The one Eddie Guerrero match that I wanted and we never had the pleasure and honor of getting is Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels. Imagine. Just imagine. Unbelievable. Derek Anawahi with a $20 super chat and then a follow-up $199 super chat. Derek, thank you so much, brother. Hey, Oos, how you been? Hope you good. Here's 20. I appreciate you, man. We are doing great, man. I hope you are well, and I hope you had a great 4th of July, brother. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Only good thing tonight was Seth and Riddle Tees. Yeah, that should be a banger match at SummerSlam. 
Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. JD, do you want the guys from OSW Review? I don't know who the fuck that is, Joseph Taylor. I don't know who that is, man. Derek, again, with a $0.99 cent and a $3 Super Chat. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Tony Brown with a $4.99 and $4.99 Super Chat. Bianca and Carmella Sandwich. Things I guarantee taste good, J.D. Tony Brown, listen, man, this is nothing more than an appetizer, booty meat, on Monday night. Wednesday is the real main course, bro. Thunderstorm. We got Tony's Thunder and Lightning on the menu. You got sure of that from the venue, man. I'd say Moxley's Bulldog Blueberry Ale is also a great choice. Whichever. Eric Newton with the $2 Super Chat. Happy 4th of July, JD, and the OTS family. Thank you, Eric Newton. I appreciate you, brother. Raging Girl Gamer with a 22-month re-up. She's sitting in the fire pit. So happy I can support you and the OTS family here. I love you guys. Rage, we all love you. Here in the OTS venue. I tell you what, man. Jesse is a complete asshole on 4th of July, man. I feel like Jesse's been drunk on whiskey all day. Nothing this man said to me made sense at all today, man. Nothing. This guy's jealous that we don't have a fucking taco truck outside with his fucking name on it. Eric Newton, thank you so much, brother. Ted Evans, six-month membership. Thank you, Ted Evans. JD, I love the input, bro. When are you and Solo going to team up for a stream? Probably never, man. Solo does his thing. It's in his name, man. He's Solo for a reason. You guys can catch me and the monster on House of Glory commentary. August 28th, man. Terminal 5 in New York City. Going to be a fucking amazing show. Wait till you see who we got announced for that show, man. Oh, my goodness. Raging Girl Gamer with a $50 super chat. I sure did enjoy Raw tonight. I mean, a lot of great moments. AEW needs to take notes. Oh, yeah, Omos needs a big push. I don't know what WWE is waiting on. Rage, opening night, and you're drunk in the fucking beer garden around. I don't believe this shit. Otis. Otis, what are you doing to me, bro? Holy shit. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm going to fucking kick myself out. I'm going to kick myself out, man. Come on. Can't be doing this to me over here. Come on now, man. Jesse. You fucking clown, man. It's nice and wide, but it's definitely flat. Come on, man. This guy. Let's get this guy out of here. Can anyone bench this fucking guy? 
Rage, thank you for the 50th Super Chat. Very, very generous of you, Rage. I appreciate you. JP5150 with a $10 Super Chat. JD, I'm absolutely loving the new garden. The view of that amusement park in the background is breathtaking. Also appreciate the suggestion of that shop opera German beer tasting crust. JP, the, the, the grapefruit, man. The grapefruit is my go-to, man. It's my, it's my favorite summer beverage. Seriously. I, I hate summer beers. I really do. Thank God for that, man. The grapefruit is where it's at, man. Right here in Atlantic City, man. The uh, Tropicana Beer Garden. That's where, I, that's where we usually go and drink it. Awesome. On tap, man. Oh, my goodness. In the boot. Oh. Oh. Eric Newton with a two-dollar super chat. I'm having a cold blue moon with an orange slice. That's all right, bro. You drink what you want to drink. May I recommend Riddle's Vanilla Smoked Porter? It's a good one. Stick World Mayor with an eight-month membership. Happy fourth VIPs. I love Rose's taco truck. I saw Jesse's. I saw Jesse in the trash with sour cream. Let's get 1250 likes minimum. Hashtag OTS for life. Hashtag suck it, geeks. Hey Jesse, listen, bro. What do you what do you think of uh, Thunder Rose's taco truck out there, bro? Look at that, man. You jelly, bro. I heard Thunder Rose's tacos are incredible, man. The line was out the door before. She couldn't handle all the orders coming in. Everybody was getting some tacos and then walking to the boardwalk, man. Fuck that truck, he says. Hey, listen, bro, if you want to be nice to me, maybe in the next one I'll put a fucking Jesse's taco truck. A Jesse's cantina. Stick World, thank you so much, brother. Susan D'Ambrosio with the $2 Super Chat. Oh, my God, I love the new beer garden. It is awesome. I know, Susan. I know. Thank you. Riddick. Riddick's Classic Arcade with a 21-month membership. The beer garden is looking sharp. I dig it, brother. Thank you for 21 months, man. MGM Bowling. With a 1999 Super Chat. The OTS Beer Garden is off the chain. Cheers to you and your consistent evolution, brother. OTS for life. Thank you, Wolfness. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, that's that's Wolfness way. I'm sorry, bro. Wolfness, thank you for the 14 months. MGM, I'm sorry, bro. Champa is in the role Omas should be in. Omas as Mrs. Muscle would actually make him somewhat bearable to wash. Also, the Beer Garden looks incredible. Well-deserved, J.D., let me get a blue moon with an orange slice. Hashtag OTS forever. MGM, I appreciate you, man. And Wolfness, thank you for 14 months, man. The evolution is key. Tommy Brannigan with a $5 super jab before JD. Loving the new beer garden and new OTS intro. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. 
Elite Soldier with a $5 super chat. I love the new beer garden and long-term booking intro. It just proves that you are the best in the IWC. Thank you, Elites. Thank you to Deviate Designs and my boy Dustin for this great summer revamp. Sports and wrestling experience with a five in Super Chat. J.D., been listening to you for a few years and love your weekly shows. Hope to see you at Dynamite at Arthur Rash in September. Drinks on me. Probably doing a meet and greet, brother. Somewhere. Don't know where yet. Den Scorpio becomes a new member. Den Scorpio was sitting in the fire pit. Or sitting around. You don't, you, you don't want to be sitting in the fire pit. You want to be sitting around the fire pit. That's where Den Scorpio is sitting. Den, what are you drinking, brother? Shakoi with a five dollar super chat. TK owns he who shall not be named. I made Jesse a uh, promise that I will not be mentioning any of these uh, insignificant specs on social media. Yes, TK. Uh, TK uh, basically uh, ratioed somebody on social media. TK is very good at social media when he wants to be. It's not perfect, but when he wants to be, yes. Thank you, Shakoi. OTS for life. Uh, Daniel Easter Day with a 22-month membership. Thank you, Daniel. You're two months away from a gold microphone. The new beer garden is amazing. Was watching fireworks instead of raw, but I'm always entertained by your reviews. Thank you for all that you do. Hashtag OTS. Thank you, Daniel. Two months and you got a gold microphone, brother. Lance Lewis with a $2 super chat. We are using Jesse as the dunk tank in the back. You know, Lance, you you just gave me a potential new idea for the next project that we work on. Maybe. Maybe. Cam G with a $20 super chat. Happy 4th of July, JD. OTS is what I watch. I did not watch this show, nor... Have I in so long. Much love. Thank you, Cam G. I appreciate you, man. Always keep it here, man. I will keep you up to date the best I can, always. Wrestling DVD Geek with a $19.99 Super Chat. JD, do you think it's possible that Edge and Bray Wyatt team up against Balor and Priest? No. I do not. I don't think Wyatt has anything to do with those vignettes at all. It's all edge. Dennis H. with a Canadian in 21. And then he leaves a $2 Canadian. Hey, JD, what the fuck are you drinking? Uh, Right now, bro, I'm empty. I'm empty. Joseph King with a $5 super chat. What was your reaction when Jay White cursed out John for not placing his title in the holder at the media scrum? I left my ass off. I think it's great. I think more people should take ideas from Jay White, man. Always in character. I think it's awesome. People will get their feelings hurt, but I think it's great. King A-Train with a two-month membership. Champa doesn't need to be aligned with the Miz. What the hell? Shaking my damn head. Yeah, I don't like it, man. I don't like it at all. 
Moret Escarment. With a $2 super chat. Looks like Miz and Champ over Styles and Logan Paul at SummerSlam. I hope to God not. Joseph Taylor with two super chats. $4 in super chat. JD, I will take a Moxley Bulldog Blueberry Ale. And my favorite Call of Duty game, Modern Warfare 3 is my favorite. Black Ops 3 is my second favorite. John Anton with a 499 Super Chat. I hope you had an amazing 4th of July, man. Had some good food also. Do you like Malcolm in the Middle? No, I do not. I never watched one episode of Malcolm in the Middle, bro. Some of my favorite shows include Family Matters, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Boy Meets World, Third Rock from the Sun, Married with Children, Family Guy, and Seinfeld. Moret Escarment with a $2 Super Chat. Cena as IC Champ? I don't know. Happy 4th, bro. I never said, I never said Cena should be IC Champ. Moret, where did I ever say Cena should be IC Champ, bro? I'd love for somebody to run it back and pinpoint when I said Cena should be IC Champ. I never said that. Uh, Breaking Bad. I can't forget Breaking Bad. Uh, that's that's not really a, a sitcom. Breaking Bad's uh, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead. You know, uh, those are two of my favorite shows. I can thank Jesse for Breaking Bad. Jesse got me into Breaking Bad. One of the only things he's done right in the time that I've known him. This fucking guy. Uh, Golden Boy with five dollars super chat. Bailey just tweeted a picture. She looks like she's upset. Her tweet is in reply to Liv's promo tonight. Says, I deserve to be replied to. You're done for. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Liv's time is all but over, man. Slowly but surely. AEW Mark with a $2 super chat. Love the venue. Sasha is following TK on IG. Uh Uh-oh. That's going to get the people talking. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, man, you got to love Mercedes, man. You got to love Mercedes. It may be all a red herring, man. She could show her back on SmackDown. I, I don't know. Jericho, 8131. Good to see you, brother. Three, uh, $20 super chat. Liv Morgan jobbed to Carmella constantly last summer and got beat by Becky more than once. There's no reason to believe she'll beat Ronda at 100%. Happy 4th, kicking back with a pina colada beer with the windows up and the fan on. Pina colada beer, bro. I think I maybe had one from uh, Evil Twin Brewing. It didn't taste anything like a pina colada, bro. Uh, Thank you for the 20, man. Appreciate you. Luca Midi with a Australia Might 299 Super Chat. Lost it when I saw Raquel. <laughs> climbing up the ladder, Raquel. <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez climbing up the ladder. Rodriguez. Everything she does, man. 
Everything she does, just smiling all over the place. Could have the, she can have her purse robbed in fucking broad daylight. <laughs> NBA young boy fan with a 4.99 super chat. We're putting on a Fox Star Classic with Johnny Gargano to being the Mrs. Lapdog. Poor Champa. You said it, bro. You said it, man. Uh, Lena Scorpio 20 with a $2 super chat before JD. Awesome OTS show. Raw is a shit show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Do I think the EST is a good champ? No. I think Bianca's run is very uh, mid, if I say so myself. I love Bianca, but her title reign is very mid. Not really invested in Bianca Belair and her title run. It's all because of the booking. Man of a thousand and five holds with an 11 month membership. Props to all who created the beer garden and also the LTB intro. JD, you always have a way of raising the bar when it comes to production. 100 out of 10, he says. Man of a thousand and five holds. Comments of the night, brother. Thank you so much. What are you drinking? Nick and Gabe and the rest of the team over at Deviate Designs and Dustin with the new off the script intro, man. Ricardo Linnell with a 499 Super Chat. The Beer Garden looks fantastic. Cheers to all the OTS VIPs and, of course, the tribal chief of the IWC, JD. And he gives me six beer emojis. That's what I like to see, Ricardo. I appreciate you, bro. Hula Grim with a $5 Super Chat. The new venue is boss status. Love it. Also, I don't think my Super Chat worked last night. I listened to the Super Chats four times. Just curious. OTS for life. Bro, I did not get your Super Chat on Saturday, man. I read them all, bro. I would not miss yours, man. Believe me. Justin Striplin with a 499 Super Chat. Happy 4th of July, JD. Love the beer garden. It's already making me forget about raw. Cheers to you and the entire OTS family. Hashtag OTS rules. Thank you, bro. Man of a thousand five holes with a $2 Super Chat. Let me get a thunder and lightning, please. Plus beef tacos. That Tony's uh, Thunder and Lightning is uh, some sweet stuff, man. Let me tell you. Hologram with a $5 Super Chat. Also, thoughts and prayers to all those affected by today's shooting in Chicago. America isn't all it's cracked up to be, man. No, we, uh, we as a human race are fucking disgusting, man. Jason Tarr with a 13-month membership. Loving where things are going. Love the beer garden. Love supporting my one and only go-to post show for breakdowns. Much love, brother. Thank you so much, Jason Tarr with a 13-month membership. This fucking guy. Thank you so much, man. You're more than halfway there. Less than halfway there, I should say. To a gold microphone for Jason Tarr. Big Wheezy with a $5 Super Chat. Love the new beer garden. Love my birthday yesterday. Hope everything keeps looking up OTS and everyone in the chat. Bro, OTS is going nowhere but up. Everything you guys give back to me, man, I give back 
in making this show better than ever. IWN Gamer with a new membership. Thank you so much, man. What are you drinking tonight? Marcus is AEW. $5 Super Chat. Appreciate everything you do, JD. The first wheel standing out. The most in the beer garden. Love it, my guy. My name is not Marcus, bro. It's Marquise. Marquise. Some people do pronounce it Marcus, no? I'm sorry, bro. I got your name wrong all these fucking times, man. I should be giving you a fucking $5 super chat. Thank you, Marquise. Five dollars in super chat. Joseph Taylor, two dollars super chat. He who shall not be named is a tool. I can't believe he's married. Well, he's got a fucked up haircut too. So he's married and he's got a shit barber, and his podcast sucks. Thank you, Joseph Taylor, with a two dollars super chat. Shakoy, with a two dollars super chat. When is the "Break My Silence" song coming back? Uh, whenever I. Uh, Whenever I decide, bro. I'm always trying to find new songs, man. Listen, if I had uh, if I had access to the songs I want to play on this show, man, my God, man, we we would really be rocking and rolling. I could use some songs, but otherwise, um, you know, besides the copyright, I have to play what I have to play. If I had access to any song I wanted, man, we'd be rocking and rolling all night here. I could play whatever I want, but I'd be. Uh, I get a copyright claim, and then there'd be no ad revenue on the video, and I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I'd be using uh, I'd be using Slipknot. I'd be using Trivium. I'd be using uh, Symphony X. I'd be using a whole fucking uh, plethora of songs. I mean, my Spotify playlist is uh, is top tier. Let me tell you, top tier. Even the video that I put on Twitter today, man, even the video I put on Twitter, I, I used one of the songs I wanted to use on the show, but I can't because these record labels are so fucking uh, animalistic, man. They're crazy. The song in the teaser that I posted on Twitter today, man, that, 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 that's one of my favorite songs all year, Mercenary. One of my favorite bands right now in the game, Mercenary. Where darkened souls belong. Anyway, guys, uh, we're about to get out of here. We're about to get out of here, man. The OTS venue. The OTS beer garden, man. I can look at it all night. I can look at it all night, man. We are live. And we're about all but done here, man. That first wheel in the background is gorgeous. Tacos. Even the off-the-script logo in the nice German beer garden font, man. I love it. So good, so good, so good. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate all that you guys uh, do for me every single night, man. I do. You guys are awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed the beer garden. I'm glad you enjoyed tonight's show. I thought we killed it tonight. 2,800. Number one in the community, as always. Three new members. Several new recommitments. Over a thousand likes. We got 1,100 likes on tonight's podcast. You guys killed it. 
Make sure you guys follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Also, TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, man. Link is down below in the description. We usually post some clips of the podcast on TikTok. There'll probably be that Miz rant on TikTok sometime tomorrow. Also, Cameo. I got a couple of Cameos to do now. You guys are killing her on Cameo, man. You guys are great. The support is unreal. Go check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code Script20 at checkout, man. You got to hit up Manscaped. The more you guys buy from Manscaped, the more that they want to keep me. And again, shout out to Dustin for the OTS intro. And shout out to Nick and his team, man. Gabe, Nick, and everybody over at Deviate Designs. Absolutely fucking incredible. Absolutely incredible, man. Guys, I may be back tomorrow with the Great American Bash NXT live tomorrow night. Just because I'm in a good mood, I may be live tomorrow night, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so very much. Let me see those guitar emojis in the chat, and I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow for NXT more than likely. Until then, take care. Thank you for a great night, opening night at the Beer Garden, and I'll see you back on OTS tomorrow night. I'll see you guys later.